Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Blush You, the podcast where you tell us your juiciest stories and we get to dish on them. My name is Callie, and I am your co host, and I'm here with Elise. Hello. Hi, everyone. How are we? I'm great. I have a little bit of a headache, but I'm great. I feel like my life has settled into this normalcy, which is very foreign to me. Part of me is waiting for the other shoe to drop, but I'm like, nope, I think I'm just okay. And I need to accept that and run with it. I'm I'm sitting here like you lucky bitch. I know. I know. It's really funny. (laughs) Uh, my, one of my best friends, Emily, who we've brought up on this podcast a few times, she used to be a blush coach. She's getting her PhD. She's in dissertation, AKA she's very freaking smart. She got into tarot cards and she drew three for me. I know. And she's like, it's so fun when my friends get into like weird habits that I will absolutely never take up in a million years, but she drew three cards for me. And they were both like, you're good, but if you're not good, don't worry. Your life is about to change dramatically. That's what all three said. It was like, just hold on. You'll be fine, but everything's going to change. I'm like, "Uh, uh, that's how it feels right now. (laughs) Oh my God. I love, that's so funny. You say that because I got a tarot card deck and I've been tarot cardering it up. Is it tarot? It's not tarot. Tarot. Oh shit. the T is silent. Oh God. Oh God. I guess I've been writing it down this whole time. Like, I don't think I've ever said that term out loud. Like why, why would have I, I've ever said that word out loud? I've just been writing it down. So I'm writing it down correctly, but okay. Good to know. Tarot. Yes. Learn a tarot card here. reading. I mean, it's potato, potato. You can just say whatever the fuck you want to say and we're good. You know, well, you can't say salmon. You can't say salmon. It's salmon. You can't say that. You got to respect the language. <laughs> This makes me want to pull tarot cards for you now. Yeah, I do. I do like a past, present, future one. Um, And I actually did a tarot card reading for one of my best friends who's has had literally the worst year ever, like truly horrible. Her husband fell off a cliff and had a uh, traumatic brain injury. And I pulled her cards and it was like her past was shit. Her present was shit. And then it was like a glimmer of hope for the future. So we were clinging on to that. Oh, that's nice. I don't want to know my future. So don't pull that one for me. Maybe just, oh, I guess, I don't know, whatever. Well, I'll figure it out later. I just, I don't like that stuff. Cause then I'm like, if it's true, then that's anxiety provoking. And if it's not true, then you're just sitting here waiting for the other shoe to drop, which is my life right now. I don't like it. Okay. Let's go into sparkle, sparkle time. Should we say what we're talking about today? Oh yeah, of course. Um, so we are talking about a relationship and doubts when things seem to be going well, but there is an elephant in the room that you desperately want to ignore, but possibly shouldn't. So we're going to explore what that looks like, offer feedback for this particular story. But I think most people can relate to some iteration of this. So we'll get to that shortly. Um, but Elise, I do want to hear your sparkle after this week of yours. Yeah. So I have the sniffles weirdly. I never get allergies, but I have allergies. So if I'm sniffling or like coughing or hacking or something, it's because I have allergies today. Um, yeah, my week was tough. I had a kick ass week last week. Like I was on fire and I was like, oh my God, amazing. Killing it, crushing it. And then this week, my poor Millie got spayed and she had a couple cysts on her head that we'd been trying to remove and then we couldn't get them removed. They kept growing back bigger. So the vet was like, oh, we'll just like take, take them out while we're spaying her. Like, it seemed like it was a very casual, like you're going to the dermatologist and they're like punch, punch holing out a mole or something. And when Carl picked her up, I was anticipating like maybe an inch with like a stitch in it. Her whole fucking head, six inches from ear to ear was cut wide open and like sewn back together like a hack job. Like she looks like fucking Frankenstein. Frankenstein? Frankenstein? Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> Spelled Frankenstein. Yes. Kidding. So yeah, I just had a very emotional like week. I had, I like, it, it wasn't my best week and that's okay. And I wanted to talk like about crying because I cry. I've probably cried. Like I cried literally twice today already, like 
and that's fine. Like I cry all the time and I don't have a problem with it, but it's just interesting people who don't know me, like, and see me crying all the time. They're like, are you okay? (laughs) And yes, I'm totally fine. And just tears just flow easily. Are you a big crier, Callie? I feel like you're, you're not. No. Yeah. Andrew's the crier in our relationship and the marker of if something is very serious, but usually it's if my hormones are out of whack. Like when I am just myself and something is sad, my reaction is normally not to cry. I'm not sure why. Um, I've just never been that big of a crier. Hence where the cold button stone heart comes from. (laughs) Andrew cries. I mean, you know, Andrew cried. And now we have grandpa in the house. Like that's just his thing. He cries. And I'm like, Oh my God, I don't need oh, What do I do? So, and I try and like make it feel better. Um, but that's not my go-to. It's not because I don't like, I, it's not because I hate crying or because I look at people and I'm like, I just don't have that urge very often. And if I do, it happens in the shower. Cause get the, get away from me. I love that you can't see the tears because they blend with the water in the shower. Oh, totally. Yeah. I cry all the time and it's like a release for me. It's super cathartic. And, but a lot of people like are like, oh my gosh, is she okay? I remember I used, I mean, I cry on my Instagram all the time. And I remember Carl's old boss, like called him into his office and was like, is Elise depressed? Like, does she need mental health support? And Carl's like, dude, she's a mental health professional. (laughs) She's in that good therapy. She's fine. Yeah. It's probably, honestly, it's probably my hormones. I'm like about to start my period any day now. And like, you can tell. Yeah. I mean, Elise is talking to me and I'm like, so progesterone, do we want to discuss that possibility or what? Progesterone is a bitch, which is wild because I went 12 weeks with injecting, I don't know, a shit ton of progesterone into my butt cheeks every night to prep for transfer. And, you know, you have to continue through your 10th week of pregnancy and I didn't respond super emotionally to like the artificial synthetic progesterone, but when it's your own body doing shit, it's like next level. Yeah, it is. That's why Clomid was so intense for me because Clomid triggers your natural hormones. Whereas when I did my mm. egg retrieval for Trish, I just felt bloated. Like I didn't experience any emotional waves or I thought I was going to turn into like the Hulk and I was fine. But on Clomid, I mean, I was the Hulk times two. I was like, get away okay. from me. Hey, So like natural hormones are obviously way more intense than like synthetic ones. I don't know why for moods for moods. I'm not sure. And maybe that's just, you know, these are just two anecdotal stories. I have no idea if other people relate, but I, I found that to be common. Damn. Interesting. I'm going to have to dig a little bit deeper on that. Okay. I'm ready for your sparkle. I don't really have one. I've just, (laughs) I mean, we've been, I've been doing well, which is again, a relief to say, um, blush is, has just been a joy lately. We've had thing after thing, after project, after project happening. It's like sometimes with blush, it gets really stagnant and I just get feeling like nothing I do has impact or nothing I do works. And that's just the joys of running your own business. But right now it's the opposite. Not necessarily that I'm seeing everything come to fruition right now, but we're just planting so many seeds and that's fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been a lot more present minded lately. So that's also a good thing, but you know, we did a workshop. Well, I guess it it wasn't really a workshop. We did, we've been doing some, um, you know, company events where companies have us come speak. And I got to do an interview, which I much prefer giving an interview than I do giving a talk. Like I, I just, I'm just not sure why giving interviews are so much more fun. Um, and probably cause they're off the cuff and I hate mm-hmm. having to prepare for things. I'm so much better when I just get to kind of free flow. So that was a blast. And then it's just like a little thing, but I've been very consistent with getting my nails done. And if you know me, you know, that is that's never happened before in my entire life. And like, it's so dumb, but I, I've just noticed that I just feel more put together. Like mm-hmm. I could be wearing no makeup or whatever. And then I, but if I have my nails done, I'm like, see, I'm an adult. It's like that feeling when like your underwear and your bra matches and you're like, damn. Yes. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> she ready. 
<laughs> that's how I feel. And I get excited when I'm like, Ooh, what color am I going to choose? It's the dumbest. I don't even like the actual process of getting my nails done. Like my feet tickle hard. Like I, don't know, I, mean, I kick every pedicurist I've ever had. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then I like, I always want to be on my phone because I don't know what to do with my hands. And I'm like watching bad HGTV shows. You know what I mean? And like, I can't understand what anyone's saying because typically they speak a different language. And then I have this I really like if I had a superpower, I just want to be able to speak and understand every single language because I'm so bad at languages. So then I like start thinking about that. I'm like, wouldn't that be cool? Anyway, it's like a thing. It's not, I don't consider getting my nails done self-care. I consider having my nails done to be self-care. <laughs> Oh, I love getting my nails done. I like Ugh. sit in that massage chair and get that box wine going. It's real good. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Don't like it. Have other places to be. Don't want to be here. So, but I've been making myself do it and I have to say it's worth it. So that is my sparkle. Sometimes the dumb superficial things that we like to write off as being superfluous or silly or maintenance or whatever, they do have power. There's a reason they're popular. Okay. I have a question. Can I pick out your next color? Maybe <laughs> it's a yes or no. We have to commit. I say yes. <laughs> I know you say yes. Okay. Fine. Toe <gasps> or nail. Okay. Which one toe or nail or you want both? I mean, I would, my one rule is no matchy matchy. Like are they, I always coordinate. So they kind of go together, but no matchy matchy. Mm -mm. So like my nails right now are lavender. My toes are like a fun bubblegum pink, you know, same family. -ish. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I can do that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have fun with this one. Okay. Don't have too much fun. Have a normal amount of fun. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. Should we get into the story? Cause I'm yes. excited for this one. Yes, please. Okay. I'll probably sniffle my way through this whole letter, but it's fine. Can't wait. Okay. Dear Blush, I met my boyfriend online about three years ago. We went on a few dates and after that, things really took off. I hadn't been in a real relationship in a long time, practically since high school. And in my late 20s, I really wanted something serious. He was in the same place. So when he got fired from his job soon after we got together, it made sense for him to move in with me. I have a very secure and stable job and I was due for a promotion at that time. So financially, I knew I could swing covering both of us. And I did. I figured he needed a few months to get back on his feet and find another job. And at that time, we could reevaluate our living situation. The problem is it's been over two years and he still hasn't found work. And I'm not sure he wants to. COVID obviously got in the way of things and it's possible that he would have found work if the pandemic hadn't stopped so much of the hiring process, but he was unemployed long before March of last year. I'm starting to have some serious concerns. We get along really well and he does help out with the chores and cooking, but when we initially got together, I always assumed this setup was temporary. He doesn't seem to have a problem with me being the breadwinner. He doesn't seem to have any issues not working. He spends his time taking care of our dog, playing video games, sometimes volunteering and participating in other hobbies. And of course, he does take care of the household, but he's brought up the idea of marriage and family lately, and I'm just not sure what to do. The thing is, he is very smart, but I guess he's just not motivated. I know he would be incredible at a sales position as he can talk to anyone, and I've been trying to get him to send his resume out places, but he just doesn't seem interested. I'm not sure how I feel about any of this. I always thought I'd want an equal partner or maybe even want the opportunity to be a stay-at-home mom, but with the situation I'm in now, that's not possible. I love him so much and the sound of marriage and kids sounds amazing with him. I can't picture being with anybody else, but I just wish he would get a job so we could go back to things being equal like it was in the beginning. What should I do? Do I move forward and assume that this is just a rut and he will shake it off? Or do I leave the person I love because th this is too unbalanced from breadwinner? Ooh, I love this one. I really relate to this one. You do? <laughs> well, not in terms of like <laughs> needing the breadwinner, but for a long time, Carl was unemployed for during COVID. He, we oh, had to live totally. with my parents. And so I, not that I was like, we didn't really have that many bills to pay for, but it was just, 
you know, I can, I can speak to having a partner who's in a really low place of like feeling like, you know, I think, I don't know. I don't want to like gender stereotype or generalize, but I think my interpretation is that men's identities is really intertwined with their career. Mm-hmm. And that was really hard to Carl and I were talking about that today. Like it was really, really tough for him, you know? So I can understand like, you know, just the stress of like wanting to help and one, you know, like just feeling like you're in that limbo period. Yeah. I mean, I think this letter kind of proves that it might not be as gender correlated as we think. And it might just be a reflection of society and that men should be career obsessed and that men Mm -hmm. should, you know, have their identity be, you know, just embedded within them. But we're kind of seeing right here that that's not always true, not even close. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and, and I, I, I can relate to, I guess, in that sense, Andrew was unemployed for a big chunk of COVID thanks to, you know, the entertainment industry being shut down and he's had just such a stressful journey with his career. I mean, but so have I, I've been in down places too. I mean, as we know, blush was the little engine that could, but a lot of times I thought she was going to be the little engine that couldn't. So, <laughs> and you, you know, I mean, we, we've both actually within the relationship been in very low points of our career and felt pretty worthless, but that's not what's happening here. Nobody in this letter feels worthless, which mm. is unique because I'm not getting the sense that the boyfriend feels worthless at all. I'm getting the sense that the boyfriend is fulfilled and happy and loving this. Yeah. And she, I, I guess she feels fulfilled in her career. She doesn't really talk about it much, but it seems like she values having a secure and stable, as she says, job and she's elevating. Um, so, you know, go her. So the thing that popped into my mind, which I probably sound like a broken record with my clients is don't fall in love with potential. Mm. It is such a mistake. You need to look at the situation for what it is right now and don't extrapolate in the sense that this is just a rut, which is the question I'm answering right now. It's going to get better. You need to assume that things are going to stay the exact same. And yes, of course, as we talk about things change all the time, life throws us curveballs, whatever. Um, but this is one of those times where I think it is a dangerous game to assume that he's just going to come out of it and want to work again and feel motivated. Um, you know, having the raw intelligence and having the skills doesn't mean much when you don't have the motivation in terms of Mm. that leading to a career. Um, that's not to say I'm telling you to leave. I'm just telling you if the only reason you'll stay is that this phase is going to end in that case, you maybe should consider leaving because I don't, I don't see any sign or reason to think that things will change because for the most part, it seems like everyone's good with the status quo. Well, I guess everyone, he's fine with it. You're not. So Mm -hmm. then this comes down to values, which we can talk about. Mm -hmm. So Elise, what, what are your thoughts? I literally, my first tip was maybe we're dealing with a difference in values here. Question, Mm -hmm. question. So we all in the same thought process. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that you're spot on about that. I'm, I would be curious to know if they've had any conversations or if this is just built up of resentment and like her frustration and her hope for things to change. Right. Like, I wonder if they've actually sat down and been like, Hey, like, are you happy with this situation? Am I, you know, like having that open dialogue about where you're at and where you plan to go. I think without the communication, then you're just going to build more and more seeds of resentment and that shit's toxic in a relationship. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, she says, I've been trying to get him to send his resume out places, but he just doesn't seem interested. So there have been conversations, maybe not as blunt as what the hell are you doing? And you need to step up. Um, but you know, here's another thought. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is you, you say something that to me is not necessarily a red flag, but I was just like, Whoa, when I, when I read it, which is, let me find it. I always thought I'd want an equal partner. 
whoa. So does that mean if someone doesn't contribute financially that you're not equal humans, that you're not equal people? Because what's interesting to me is if this were gender reversed and it was a guy working and a woman staying at home, I don't think anyone would bat an eye. Yeah. And I don't think it would be that big of a deal. And so I'm, I mean, I, I love that she's standing up for herself, but saying that someone isn't an equal partner because they're not working is I'm just, that to me signals there's a lack of respect Mm. and that this is a huge value discrepancy. Um, Mm. because plenty of people don't work and a lot of people who don't work and people who do work you know, that are in relationships with each other would say that their relationship is incredibly equal because they bring different things to the relationship. You know, one takes care of the house. One might eventually take care of the children. One might take care of all these other things. Like there are ways to make relationships equal that don't involve how much money you bring home. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess my thought is explore what you mean by that. Are you saying that you cannot respect someone who doesn't work? Because if that's what you're saying, I'm not coming from a place of judgment, but I am coming from a place of, then why are we forcing this? Why are you even writing into us? Because you've already made your decision. Let this poor man go. And it sounds like this man is someone who's really interested in possibly being a stay-at-home dad and raising a family and doing that kind of work. And a lot of women or people out there, I should say, would find that incredibly valuable and would absolutely love to have that in their lives. And so if you don't want that in your life, that's okay. I'm not trying to shame you for not wanting that, but I'm just curious as to why we're even having this discussion when it's clear that your perception of what a relationship is, is not the same as his. Yeah, that was some good shit, Callie. I I like I like that. My my godparents, um, he actually passed away like five years ago, but he was a stay-at-home dad. And my godmother is like a bad ass. She crushes it. And it was, I never I remember going over there. I think I was met them in like the fifth grade and they were our neighbors. And I remember going over there and I remember just being like, oh, that's interesting. But I never had, I just was like, oh, that's so cool. Like he's, he gets to make us lunch. And he was from Mexico and made the best freaking burritos. It was so, so good. Oh my gosh. He was amazing. But it was just really cool because obviously my dad worked and my mom was a stay at home mom. So it was a totally different perspective, um, and experience for me, but I thought that it was super cool. And I think that that's, you know, what you're speaking to is like, there's nothing wrong with that. If, if it must just be like a difference in what you guys want or what the letter writer wants, which is totally fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I can understand, don't get me wrong. I can understand feeling frustrated if I am the one working and my partner is not working and there's no kids at home and there's no game plan or future for us having things being equal. I mean, but that's me. That's one of my values. I'm not interested in that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I understand, I'm not trying to say that th- that breadwinner is being shallow or being short-sighted or anything. I'm more just saying to me, as the more I get familiar with this letter, the more I feel like it's pretty black or white, unless she can expand her mind and start, stop looking at what he's not contributing and start looking at what he is contributing. Ooh, honestly, that's like the best marriage advice anybody could ever get. Honestly, like when you're in a tough, I, I mean, I'm just gonna put myself on the spot, but there was a short period of time where I was just picking Carl apart. And all I could see was all of the things that he wasn't doing or all of the things that he was doing wrong. And it was really nasty for our marriage. And it was really, really hard. And I think that that was me projecting like anger and frustration about life onto him. But when I finally, Carl and I went to marriage therapy, just with all the shit that we have been through this past year and our therapist, Norma shout out. She was like, you have to try, just try seeing all of the things that he does that you really appreciate. And I did. And it literally changed our marriage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think about that 
really a lot. And I probably got into the habit too, whenever I was, you know, working, even though with him being home, the dynamic was just very strange. It was just very odd, but he was, he kept himself busy like the whole time. I mean, our, basically our place turned into a woodworking shop. (laughs) All the windows have trim. Now we're building a media center. Like, I mean, the patio looks incredible and he did all of that. And so, yeah, some of the home Depot bills, I was like, you spent what? how much did that cost? I'm sorry. What? You know, like there was a little bit of that, but then I was like, Callie, the hell is wrong with you? Like he's trying to do something productive with this time. He is adding to an investment that both of you made that you also gained to benefit from. Like, are you really going to sit here and bitch about this? Is that what you're going to do? And I would just sit there and be like, no, that's not what I'm going to do. I am going to say what internally and not say anything else because this, like you're, you're nitpicking now, you know, and, and I'm not saying either that, you know, people have to bring a monetary value. I am a three. I do sometimes tend to look at those things a little too harshly. I loved that Andrew was contributing to an investment. We both made that we can make returns. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I love that. And that is sometimes what I anchored it on, which is really dumb, but it is true that he probably ended up making more money with all the work that he put into the house than maybe he would have, if he had just had a job, like, and I thought that was pretty phenomenal. But there are other ways for people to contribute here. Meaning, I don't know, maybe you work a high stress job and you come home and you have someone that's able to get you to disengage and someone to relax and unwind and get refreshed for the next day. I mean, to me, that's invaluable to have someone there who's a good partner for you and who balances you out. Totally. So do you think that this is more like a difference in values or that this is more of like a, she feels like she's contributing more than he is. I'm not sure. I'm not really sensing a ton of resentment because she's acknowledging what he does. She's acknowledging. Yeah. But in terms of what she said, I mean, it was like taking care of the playing the video games. That's a trigger for me. I fucking hate video games. And so, (laughs) I mean, I feel like playing video games, volunteering and participating in other hobbies. That seems like things that are all for his benefit. You know, she did say that he takes care of the dog and the household, which is huge, but you know, maybe she wants to have some hobbies, you know, I don't know. I I just am kind of getting the sense of like, maybe she feels like she's kind of exhausting herself with, you know, trying to provide and she's wants some help. I don't know. She might, she definitely might. She didn't really go into that here. So I guess we don't really know. Um, I do, I do just think that she is going to have to decide if her love for him outweighs her expectations of him, because she has different expectations of what she wants in a partner. And I am encouraging her to explore where those expectations came from. Did they come from society? Did they come from her family? Did they come, do they come from her friends relationships or do they come from an internal place? And if they come from an internal place, don't fuck with that. Like leave those as is, because that is your intuition telling you what you need. And I don't want you messing with it, but if you love him and you're happy with him and you're sitting here going, nothing's really wrong. It's just not the way I pictured it because you haven't seen other setups. Well, then that's when I would encourage you to explore it. And, and at at the end of that exploration, you might say, yes, still not for me. I just can't be with someone who isn't contributing to the household or doesn't have a purpose in life or doesn't have enough structure in their life. Um, the only reason I'm honestly kind of going at this from maybe a different point of view is the marriage and kids thing, because that could be his purpose that children are so many people's purpose in this world and so many women, right. And I, at least I think you can identify with this said, I don't really care about a career. I don't really care about all of that. I don't like working, which yeah, working sucks. <laughs> if we're going to get to it, not everyone is meant to work. And is that the worst thing in the world? I mean, God, working for other people and working in the system can be just, oh, it can be exhausting. And we only have one life to live. And I get that we all have responsibilities and obligations, but there's a ton of women out there who decide I want to stay at home with the children. 
And if we're talking about feminism, then why aren't we giving that option to men as well who are more wired for that kind of a lifestyle? Mm -hmm. But she did mention that she thinks that maybe she does want to be a stay-at-home mom, you know? So right. it's like, in, if that's the case, then we're, we, we're coming back to that, like, maybe this is just a difference in values and what you want out of your life. And if that's the case, then, I mean, if both of you guys want to be stay-at-home parents, then like, that's probably not going to work, right? Unless, unless you get Unless well, you come up with some fucking invention and go on Shark Tank. Like. Well, unless your daddy and your daddy's daddy and your daddy's daddy's <laughs> daddy have lots of money <laughs> or your mommy and your mommy's mommy and your mommy's mommy's mommy. I love um, <laughs> Then yeah, sure. Stay at home. I don't care. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. I think what I'm talking about here is there situations present sometimes as very black or white, meaning she's a cat. She's amazing. She works hard. She puts a roof over their head and look at the stupid bum who doesn't do anything and screw him and get him out of your house. I don't think that's one of these situations. And yeah. I think we kind of need to get away from that narrative. There are some people who are manipulative and take advantage. And I don't think that's necessarily what's going on here. I guess we don't have enough information to know. To me, this is more presenting as Maybe this relationship just isn't meant for the both of you because you want different things from a relationship. And mm. that's not on either of you, really. That's yeah. just, it's not going to work out and that's okay. It's reminding me of our podcast that we did with Christina, where she was like, you really don't need a reason to not want to be in a relationship anymore. You know, like sometimes it's easier when there is some horrible shit that goes down and someone cheats or you're in an abusive, toxic dynamic or whatever, but sometimes it just comes down to just being different people and wanting different things. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. No, there's really not. So I just, yeah, I guess I'm trying to refrain from saying, yeah, he sounds like an asshole, idiot, stupid doo-doo head, and you should dump him immediately. I think yeah. I'm saying this one deserves a second look. I would love for you to challenge some of your beliefs, not to throw them out, but just to really get comfortable with them and know what you're doing. And then that way, when you feel really strongly, like, you know, not that you're over this person, because we talked about that, you know, don't wait until you're hundred percent sure that's not nice. But if you are hundred percent sure that you want to be with someone who has a career, then yeah, this isn't for you. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't make him a villain. And it doesn't mean that he took advantage of you. It just means that you guys, this setup didn't work and you tried it. And yeah, I mean, at the same time, it kind of started a little impulsively. So we can't totally blame this on him. I mean, when so it sounds like they moved in together, like within the first six months, which is fine. Some people just know, but I mean, you also moved in together, not because you wanted to. Yeah, that's a huge piece of this. Uh huh. This was just kind of a, oh shit, what do we do? How do we survive? Because that she, she did mention like, oh, okay, come live with me. And then we'll, we'll revisit later. Yeah. And it's not, they never revisited. They did not. Cause it just doesn't seem like it's gonna, uh, yeah. So you, it's, it, this kind of reads as if you made a choice and then three years later, you're like, how did I get here? And we can tell you how you got here. <laughs> like you made, um, a snap decision that might've not been in your best interest, but clearly you found someone that you love and you, you respect and you wanted to help them out. And it sounded like a win-win situation and maybe now it's not. Okay. So I understand that this might be really tough because, you guys have gotten comfortable with this rhythm and you're going to have to be the disruptor. Mm. That sucks. I understand that. But you also don't, you can't light yourself on fire to keep someone else warm. And if that's what you're doing here, then we need to take a shower and put the fire out. <laughs> we need to figure out uh, how to disengage from this. And this is tough because he might not quote have anywhere to go, but let me tell you, everyone has somewhere to go. Yeah. I feel like when you were just talking, I, I would totally be the person to be like, no, 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 it's fine. Just stay until you figure it out. And that's why I was in toxic ass relationships for three years back to back. It's like, yeah, you're right. I think everyone I mean, has somewhere to go. Yeah. I think that, I think that 
I'm, my heart is saying like, just have a real genuine, non-judgmental conversation with him. Obviously you love him. Obviously you guys have a connection. Obviously you guys care about each other. I don't think there would be any downside to sitting down and being like, Hey, like, where are you at right now? And coming from a place of curiosity, right? Like put your intentions for the conversation on the back burner, but just go and be like, Hey, like, let me sit down with you and like, get, you tell me a good picture of like your future. Like, what do you want out of life? What do you aspire to be right? Like those, when you come from a place of curiosity, you can never go wrong. Right. It's always when you approach conversation saying like, well, you have been doing this and you haven't been doing that. And I'm in it. In it and it's just like that never, ever, ever goes well. So that's what my heart is just saying. Like, I feel like we need to have a conversation here before we do anything dramatic or like, mm-hmm. like permanent. Yeah. But she also can't go into that conversation, assuming that he's just going to have a massive personality change because also, and I hate to use this as something against him, but I'm gonna, he was fired from his last job. And don't get me wrong. I've been fired before. I've been fired like twice. I think I'm horrible at working for other people. So I get it. But, and I'm not trying to say that I am a bad person or I'm not motivated or I'm not smart because none of those things are true, but it does mean that I also am not motivated to work for anyone else either because it's not fun. And so he might just have an adverse reaction to getting another job. And the, what I'm saying is there's enough evidence here to show that he doesn't want to do it. So you labeling this as a rut is not accurate. This is not a rut. This is a lifestyle. And if he is, go ahead. I'm, my mind is like, oh, he's just in a rut. He got fired from his job and he like is sad and is having like an identity crisis. And he, you know, took a step back and then he got comfortable taking a step back. And then he's made that his new life. And then he's like, not going to change anything because people don't, what did one of my professors said? People don't leave a situation or people don't stay in a situation that they're not gaining at least something from. Mm-hmm. He's gaining a lot from being in the situation that he's in. Right. Which is why this isn't a rut. This is a lifestyle. Now the lifestyle can change when he has nothing to fall back on. But like, what if it is a lifestyle? I mean, what if it is a rut? Well, it's not going to be a rut. I mean, what I'm saying is why the hell would anything change right now? He is being fully supported. He is getting to live his best life. He's happy. He wants, he wants to move forward. I mean, the reason I'm saying this isn't a rut is is because the man is offering proposal and procreation. Like that's not a rut. He's, (laughs) he's saying like, let's double down on this. I want more. Yeah, you're right. I didn't think of it like that but you're right. He's like, got a taste of the cake. And he's like, this shit good. <laughs> I'm a mom. Yes. That's exactly what's happening. And granted again, I, I, I don't know enough, but I don't want to make him a villain. I just really don't want to do that. But he has decided this is what makes him happy. Like, and, and for the record, this would not make a lot of people happy. A lot of people, myself included, would be like, I have no purpose. I am bored. I hate this. I'm not contributing. I mean, this this situation that he's in would make my skin crawl, which is to say, like, we just, a lot of us just want different things. Yeah. There, there's no need to be mean about that, uh, you know? Yeah, I've been looking at this letter through the lens of, like, my relationship, And I think that that's where I'm like, oh, it's just, it's just a rut, right? Like he's just like having, you know, cause we, we've been there, you know, and I, for two years, no, 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 not for, I think I'm missing the details two years. Annie got fired for somehow for for some reason, I didn't, I didn't catch those very important details. Okay. And here's not to say that someone has not been in a rut for two years at some point that is obviously you know, possible. I'm just saying I'm not getting rut vibes here, which is why I want her to take that possibility off the table. I want her to look at her life and say, life is going to remain some version of this for the foreseeable future. If you decide this is what you want, like the easiest thing you can count on is what's happening right in front of you. Yeah. Yep. 
you're spot on. So she needs to look at her current situation and ask herself, will she be happy with that? Yes. That's what I'm saying. And I think there's a possibility that that answer could be yes. Yes. She's, but she's, she's been doing it for two years or three years. Why there is a very large reason to believe that the answer could be yes, but the answer could also be no. Totally. And I think, I mean, I think if the answer is yes, and she is happy and she does want to stay in the relationship, then what you said about maybe analyzing some internal self-limiting beliefs around a man provide, I mean, whatever, right? Like fill in the blank. But I think that that would probably, I mean, we have so many self-limiting beliefs, truly so many, we speak in our minds in limiting beliefs. And so I think that that probably, I would be interested to know like her, like family of origin dynamic, what her, you know, like her parents relationship, because I think that that totally plays a part in all of this. Oh, absolutely. I mean, society plays a part in all of this. Like, even if you were raised by a stay at home dad, I think you still have that, that knowledge of this is rare. Yeah. So even if it's in your family of origin, I think society just hammers it into us that the default is that the man will work. And then the question is, will the woman? Well, isn't that kind of sad though? How much society like influences everybody and conditions us all to like be super limited in our thinking. Yes. Which is why I I really didn't want to just say, throw the whole man out. Like, I think this could be an opportunity to say what's more important to you. Because for me, I don't think it is society that is telling me that I want my husband to work. That is my overachieving three Enneagram ridiculous mindset. Like that is just who Andrew and I are. And I chose him for that reason. And when he wasn't working, he turned into a carpenter. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, that's just what I wanted. That was not society telling me anything, but what I'm curious about is, is she actually happy, but just feels like she shouldn't be? Mm, I think the answer might be yes. Might be. I don't know. That's the thing. I have no idea. It might be that she's like, no, 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 no. What Callie's saying about like wanting a man to like have a career is resonating with me. I'm a high achiever. I want to be married to one in that sense. Like, yes, that's what I want. Um, I I don't know. And I can't answer that for her. And, and this brought up another point is because she asked us the first, her first question was, what do I do? And if you're immediately like, prioritizing other people's opinions of your situation, you're going to not, you're going to bleed. Like, I don't know what the phrase I'm thinking of, but like, you're going to turn down the volume on your intuition. When Mm -hmm. you prioritize other people's opinions and their thoughts on your situation, you're basically turning your internal compass and your internal guide, like telling them to shut up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I still want y'all to do that so that we have entries to read, but (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think this is just so nuanced and so tough. And so the only advice we can really give you is you have to understand where this value is coming from, um, that you want to be with someone who provides just as much as you do. And that is what constitutes equal, because I will say that at no point in our relationship have Andrew and I ever made the same amount of money. He's made more than me. I've made more than him. You know, we've definitely taken turns and at no point were either of us like, we're not equals like that has just never crossed. I hope it's never crossed his mind. It's definitely never crossed mine. So to me, that was like a scary thing to say. And I want to know where that's coming from, because if it's coming from you, then that's going to be a tough thing to always uphold. And I, and I acknowledge that right now we're talking with, he makes zero <laughs> and you make more. So I understand that the balance is way off, but like maybe explore what equal means to you. Mm. Yeah. I think that's a very important question that she ponders. Yes. Yeah. Ponders. Ponder it. Cause again, if the genders were reversed here, I think a lot of people would be like, so what? Which is just, I'm still stuck on this. Like it's so fucked that we all are influenced and conditioned to think certain things 
and have beliefs. It's just really shitty. Like, wouldn't it be so much better if everybody just gave everyone the freedom to do whatever the fuck they wanted to do that was going to make them happy? Yeah, pretty much. But that's not I, what I happened. Well, that's why, okay, this is going to be a little controversial, but that's kind of why I'm actually a fan of universal basic income to give people enough money to just like, have the basics. And then if they don't want more than that, because they don't want to work and they want to live their life doing other things, like let them do it. What's it, what's it to you? Because you're getting the same amount of money. And if you want more then go get more, go work, go earn it. Yeah. Like I just, that's just kind of my train of thinking here. Like not everyone is wired to be someone who gets up and goes to work every single day and has this monotonous lifestyle. And I'm not saying that every job is monotonous. I mean, look at mine. It's definitely not, but I, I, and I know some people will be like, Oh my God, is she serious? But yeah, I am freaking serious. I just, there is an American lifestyle and we just assume that everyone is born ready to live that lifestyle. And frankly is capable of living that lifestyle without having serious mental health, you know, Mm -hmm. effects from it. And we're just not all one size fits all. And, but this culture kind of expects us to be. Yeah. You're so right. I'm like really deep. I feel like I've been having very transformative conversations in my head lately, and it's very overwhelming. Are you hearing the voices? Very overwhelming. What did I text? I I texted you the other day and I was like, what did I say? Oh, oh, the real housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh my God. Yes. Elise was having a break. She was like, do you watch the real housewives of Beverly Hills? And I was basically like, what do you think? (laughs) Not a chance. (laughs) Well, it was just wild because, and shout out to anybody else. Who's like literally their whole life is transform it. My whole identity is transforming before my eyes, but I used to watch that show religiously. And I was like, so engaged and thought that it was so fucking entertaining. And I loved all of them. And I truly was like happy watching that show. And I turned the recent season on and watched episode one. And I'm so fucking pissed because I paid for the $24 season pass and shoot me in the foot. And I'm like was so shook by it. One of the women was like, I'm on a diet, so I'm just going to eat a carrot. I'm like, do you not understand that little girls watch this show and they see you as this like influential, famous person who has all the things. And then they want to do what you do. Cause they think that that's going to make them, you know, famous or whatever. It's like, God, I just was so upset by it. Yeah. Having transformative thinking and having those moments can be really tough on your sources of entertainment because you start realizing that not everything is entertaining as you once thought it was. But I mean, and that's, that's basically in a way what I'm asking breadwinner to do is to, to think outside the box and to ask yourself, are you one of those people that, that wants to live a little bit against the grain that wants to live a lifestyle that maybe most people don't consider is possible. I mean, this is not that big of a deal. We actually get down to it. We're just, someone is still going to work. Someone is still paying the mortgage. Someone is still doing the vacuuming. Someone is still making sure the house is running and that their kids are fed like this. Yeah. This is pretty much the American dream. We're just swapping roles here. Big whoop, right? We're not talking about like, I don't know, living in a hot air balloon for the next year or something ridiculous. Like we're just <laughs> talking about a pretty like normalcy. This yeah. is just normal. Um, you know, some households have two people working. Some have neither cause they rich, rich, rich. And some people have one, like whatever. It's not, I, and I'm not trying to diminish it because obviously this is your life and these choices are important on a very micro level, but from a macro standpoint, this is just meat and potatoes. Yes. Yes. I don't even have anything to add to that because that was fucking good. (laughs) So I guess the problem here is that we can't tell you what to do. The only thing I can tell you what to do is to take the future out of the equation in the sense that he's one day going to wake up and decide I want to work again. I think an easier thing that you could maybe assume is that he wants to be a stay at home dad. But again, I would probably get clarity on that before moving forward, but you're so not even close to doing that yet. 
that I think you need to do some self-exploration. I think that you need to have lots of conversations. Yes. And I think you need to take this very seriously, but do not commit to anything further. Like let's just that, that when you said you were going to reevaluate your living situation, like, why don't we do that? Why don't we just start the reevaluation process and figure this out? You might be pleasantly surprised in that this was the relationship you were always meant to have and that you are so fully supported by someone and you're able to go and work for the rest of your life. If that's what you want to do while you have someone that has your back, or you might realize, you know what, what he has is actually what I want. So I want to go find someone that could never imagine staying at home and just wants to work. Whatever works for you, mama. I don't care. I have no skin in this game, but I think we've given you all of the thoughts and you have lots of homework to go do. Mm-hmm. So off you go. <laughs> I'm like living for your vibe today. I just love it. <laughs> Goodbye. Okay. Let's talk about something that y'all can do for us now. So last week I asked for you guys to go and review our podcast and you failed. You did not do it. And so I'm wondering if you don't know how to do it. So if y'all could just go to like, don't go to an episode. Okay. If you're on Apple podcasts, just go to the show and it'll, you'll see the list of episodes. Y'all just like scroll down and then it'll say, write a review. Just click that and be like, woo, this is the best podcast ever. And then hit submit and then click five stars. That's it. Done. Super easy. Please. So, and thank you. We would really love that because we love attention and we love validation. You know what? We should bribe people. If you, if you write a review, we were, we're going to say your name on our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And you get a shout out. You get a shout out and love. Shout out. Okay, good. And then remember, send in your stories, send in your questions and in your stuff to blush you at joinblush.com. And then if you want to be a client of ours, you can start working through this messy stuff. Use promo code bless you all caps for 25% off your first month. And yeah, we're excited. Okay. So we've got some fun recordings coming up. We actually have one that's not so fun, but we'll get to that later, but we've got lots of guests, which is the important thing. I think the next few podcasts are going to have at least one guest from here on out. Maybe, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Anyway, we've got lots of good things coming your way. So stay tuned and we'll see you next week. It's going to be like Christmas. Okay. Okay. Okay.